Genesis chapter 43, verse number 16. I don't have to preach long to be strong. I want to share this, what I believe the Lord pressed upon my spirit to release to you tonight. Genesis chapter 43, verse 16. Just one verse. When you have it in your Bible or your smart device, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, bring these men home and slay and make ready for these men shall dine with me at noon. And all of God's people said, amen. On your way to your seat, tell somebody it's almost time. Thank you. It's almost It's almost, it's almost time. Um, the Torah, uh, the Pentateuch, uh, shows us the historical narrative of what many Bible scholars have deemed the journey of God's chosen people. And uh, especially in the climate in which we're in, uh, many people are re-examining the language. How you doing, Pastor? Re I did clap for you earlier when your daddy told us to. <laughs> many people are re-examining the language or the vernacular we are using to describe uh, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because many individuals' theology, it's very uh, sensitive, and many individuals' theology uh, has to be cushioned. Because many people have a theology that is consistently shaped and framed by the culture around them. What some people believe oftentimes is based upon what the people around them is saying. Your faith must go deeper than the timeline of social media. Your faith must be deeper, hallelujah, than a trending topic in a media outlet. I still yet believe that the God we serve, Yahweh, Elohim, is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As, as problem, problematic as the term Christianity is in its religious construct, um, for the sake of the argument tonight, I'll call us Christians, okay? I know there's a plethora of schools of thought over here. We're people of the way, right? <laughs> but, it, but if we're Christians, the foundation of Christianity is Judaism. We have a Judeo-Christian faith. In other words, our faith is built upon a system that was established, hallelujah, uh, uh, before the apostles would 
open up the doors of what we call the ecclesia. Mm. With this, we understand uh, that when we say that the Jewish people are God's chosen people, oftentimes that terminology can be misleading. Because some of us have defined chosen by being special. And the truth is, all of us who have been formed and fashioned in the image of God are special. Hallelujah. Chosen doesn't have to do with being special as much as it has to do with responsibility. Mm. If you don't believe me, there's some chosen people in this room that wish they could give chosen back. Someone asked me the, the other day in a dialogue um, in being interviewed concerning recent situations in the Middle East. I was clear with them that my position is not political. And they said to me, well, you act like the Jewish people are perfect. I said, oh, no, I do not. Because they are not perfect. Jesus called them stiff necked Jesus called them rebellious. Then they asked me, then, if that's the case, then why would you still pray for Jerusalem and pray for Israel? Why would you pray for the peace of Jerusalem? For they shall prosper, they love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Why would you still do this? Well, as problematic as it is, because I told them, uh, although they've been disobedient and rebellious and stiff-necked, I need to know that God hasn't changed his mind. So I said, what do, you, what do you mean? What they got to do with you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I need to know that after everything I've done, being stiff-necked and rebellious. I'm going to go a little further. Since I've been saved, I just need to that God hasn't changed his mind. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's not just a promise maker. Tell me he's a promise keeper. Now, all of y'all religious people in here, y'all sit still. But I need all the 75 of us in here to open up your mouth and praise God because you didn't blow it after you blew it. Since you wore a collar, come on, since you've been consecrated, since you've been ordained, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, God didn't change his mind. A um, preacher asked me a few years ago, he asked me, he says, can I share my uh, vision with you? And I told, uh, told him, I said, sure. He said, but how do I know I can trust you? I said, well, well, first of all, I didn't ask you. There's some people that love being in folks' business. I already know more than I really want to know. When people like, call me, I can't, no, don't tell, if it ain't got nothing to do with me, I don't need to hear it. I said, well, he says, well, I got this vision. I, I, 
That's a good, that's a good response. He's like, I got this vision that I'm going to have a church with over 10,000 members. Uh-huh. I says, okay. He says, how you feel about that? I says, I said, that's your vision, go for it. He said, you don't think it's prideful? I said, well, I don't know if it's prideful or not. I said, we have a small city, so it sounds like you're going to have the majority of the people in this city, but, but God can bust people in to fulfill what he gives you, right? I said, but if it is prideful, it doesn't matter because if it's prideful, the process will purify you. Because there's some ambitious individuals in the church. And because they didn't make it in the secular arena, then they want to come in the church and they want God to make them something special over here. But I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I paid for this. And tell them, and I'm still making payments. Come on, y'all, come in here and talk to me. Hallelujah. People are jealous of you and they don't know the price you've had to pay. And some of us, the greatest price we had to pay was our silence. We had to shut our mouth in moments we wanted to defend ourselves. And we had to get a revelation that what we say don't just represent us, but it represents the kingdom. Scream at somebody, tell them, this is how I know I got the Holy Ghost. Not because I dance, not because of how I speak in tongue, but the moment I got ready to open up my mouth somebody tried to destroy you with a lie when you could have destroyed their whole life with the truth anybody ever been on social media and you got ready to say something and the Holy Ghost said backspace backspace delete delete the process will purify you And then, this is the truth. Being called by God is very humbling. Because God is a transgenerational God. That when God speaks something to you, you can hear it with your ears. But he could be talking to your seed. And the challenge with this is, we see well. We are prophetic people. We see very well. We are seers. Sons and daughters are prophesying. We prophesy well. Well, some people prophesy well. Our challenge is prophetic perception. No, we prophesy well. We see well. This is a very spiritual, uh, spiritual era that we're in. Where everybody got a word. But the challenge with the prophetic is when you see it in the spirit, it looks like it's right up on you. Like some of you pastors, be honest with me, there's some things God told you and you was like, next year, this time. (laughs) In the next 90 days, right? 90 days have come and gone several times. So that prophetic vision we have a challenge with is prophetic perception because God will lure you in with the prophecy. And drop you off in the middle of a process. It's humbling. Because God will sit you in a space. Where you can only serve what's in front of you. And so Abraham has this promise. Abraham has this promise. Um, But God is not just speaking to him. God is speaking to the Isaac. And God is speaking to the Jacob. That's in him. So I'm going to go very quickly. I don't want to bore y'all with a long introduction tonight. 
And this is my last sermon on the road, so I'm, I'm just going to say a few words and thank y'all for being kind to me. I'm going to go into the house, all right? The, the protagonists of this scriptural text, we know it. We know it from the point, if we've been in church at any time, we've discovered this character in vacation Bible school, in Sunday school. Joseph, you know, the coat of many colors. It makes for a good coloring book series, right? He's favored. He's favored by God. He's favored by God. You know, just a few points and I'll go home. Oftentimes, being favored by God will put you at odds with the people you love. Because we have romanticized favor. You know, check in the mail, favor. Promotion at your job, favor. But sometimes the favor on you will frustrate the people around you. I used to say stuff like this. You're going to know who your real friends are when you're struggling. But God has shifted me now. You're going to find out who your real friends are when you start prospering. Because there's some people who can handle your struggle, but they can handle your elevation. There are some individuals who like being your rescue, like being your hero, like being your teacher and your mentor. And that's what, that is the epidemic we have in the church now. We lack, as pastors and leaders, we lack relationships with colleagues. We don't understand sibling relationships. Everybody got to be a father. And everybody needs to son everybody. But everybody is not your son. How can they be your spiritual son and you ain't never birthed nobody? You're not talking to me in here. Everybody is not your spiritual daughter. And because of that, we find ourselves in consistent competition. And the challenge with favor is favor will put you in competition with somebody without you even knowing. Yeah. Your affirmation doesn't have to be connected to who's under you. Your affirmation, it can be connected to who's with you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I want you to make it. I want you to make it. See, some of y'all can't even say it. Come on, tell them, I want you to prosper. Come on, tell them, I want you to have increase. Own the business. Build the church. I can celebrate you without being next. I don't have to say I'm next. I can praise God for you if I never get to do what you're doing. I'm going to test y'all out. I want you to shout for the person that you're standing beside right now. Oh, I want you to prosper. Y'all be seated. Oftentimes, you got to be careful about individuals that when you sit at tables, and when you bring up a name, no matter what name you bring up, if I'm celebrating somebody, you got to make noises. If I say, you know, I really enjoy passing so-and-so. Mm. 
You didn't understand the agenda is celebration. So why you got to taint it with mmm? Well, I know some things. Congratulations. And God knows some things on you. You better learn how to have grace on everybody. Because we all take turns. Y'all ain't said nothing to be in here. I need you to look at the people and just say, tell them, be very careful, be careful, be very, because we all take turns. There's going to come a moment where you're going to be sitting at a table and you, you're not going to be at the table and the topic is going to be you. I've been there. Mm. Favor will put you at odds with people you love. And that's exhausting. It, it's exhausting when you're called to serve people who hope you fail. There's some individuals, you pray for them to leave the church and they will not leave. You pray God give them a mind to go somewhere else and they will not leave. Need you to lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell him the very person who's trying to hinder you is actually announcing your anointing. The very thing that's trying to stop you is actually affirming your grace. By this I know. By this I know you have favored me, not because everybody liked me. By this I know God has favored me, not because I don't have any enemies, but I got enemies and they can't triumph over me. I want you to take 10 seconds and praise God because they got the gun, but they ain't got no bullets. I said praise him, I said praise him, I said praise him, I said praise him. The weapon was strong. Y'all be seated, tell somebody they tried it, they tried Favor. The favor of God is humbling. Because you didn't buy it. I understand that it's one type of favor that you can receive based upon merit and exchange because you've proven yourself as trustworthy so you find favor with someone. But most of us don't have that type of favor. Most of us have the favor that's unmerited. When we talk about the favor that Joseph had, let's realize this, let's acknowledge this. The Bible says his father favored him because of when he was born. He was the son of his old age. Look at somebody tell them, I was born into this. Some of you realize you never got a chance to choose it. You never got a chance to choose it. This is what Apostle Paul says. He says, I'm going after that I may apprehend that thing that has already apprehended me. I need you to scream at somebody tell them, God did this to me. This is how you know God did it to you when you've tried to quit more times in your head than the people around you know about. You were sitting in a meeting planning for next year and at the same time on the inside of you saying, I wish I could just go somewhere else and start all over. 
The favor of God is humbling because you didn't buy it so you can't own it. It fell on you. You were, you were born into this. You may have just discovered it, but it's been there the whole time. An innate favor, an innate calling before you were formed in your mother's womb. It's the timing. And I even hear the voice of Mordecai saying to Hadassah in this room tonight, why are you going back and forth in your head? Could it be that you were called into the kingdom for such a time as this? I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to leave it alone tonight, but I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight, even as this convocation ends on a Monday, after the transition of Bishop Carlton Pearson, even after the prophetic said, I don't care what you think about the theology, it's bigger than the theology. I feel a holy changing of the guards taking place. I need you to touch three people in your six and tell them it's almost time. I feel that's getting ready to be a display in the kingdom like we've never seen before. This is bigger than a conference. It's bigger than a platform. It's bigger than a convention. That's why some of you are missing it because you're waiting on your turn for the platform. And God says, what I'm about to do, I'm getting ready to unveil something in the earth. Oh, there's a moaning that's taking place. The plates are shifting under the earth. Earthquakes are taking place. The winds of time are shifting in the earth. I come to declare to you that the earth is waited on something. I need you to touch somebody tell them the world is waited on something. And I want you to know what it's waiting on. You think it's waiting on the shift of the economy. But the Bible says that the earth is groaning and it's moaning. Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I dare you to get up and shout at somebody tell them I'm about to show up. You ain't seen me yet. I'm about to show I'm about to show up. I'm about to show up. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost past my time now. I set a timer for myself. Here, the favor of God is humbling. Please be seated. Because you didn't buy it. You can't own it. It fell on you. You was born into it. Then the favor of God can be embarrassing. Because it will often expose you before you want to be exposed. He's com- Joseph is communicating his dream to the people around him. And the issue is not that they don't understand the dream. The issue is that they do get it. I need you to tell somebody it's on you and it can't be reversed. Ooh, hallelujah. It's on you and it can't be denied. And when it's on you, they will use you even when they don't want you. I mean, when, it, when it's on, you will call him, call him, you know. He the one that got to do it. When, it. when it's on you, we see the favor. And we talk about the coat of many colors. But that, those coat of many colors is, a, is an expression of a diversified grace. And that's what God desires us to be wrapped and cloaked in in this season. I diversified grace. Many of us have limited our anointing to the temple. The challenge with that is, if you only know how to speak church in these, 
you're not going to be able to handle the boardroom for corporate contracts. I need you to tell your neighbor, my favor works everywhere. I got some people in this room, you know how to go in a store and don't pay full price for nothing because your favor work. I wish I had somebody in here because for the 50 of you, they will praise them now. There's a piece of property, the price just came down. Ah, y'all know, because your favor is about to work for you in every place. In every place. Hallelujah. They took your coat, but they couldn't take your favor. So we know what happened. Uh, you know, favor is frustrating because it's not a royal gown that you wear, but oftentimes it's a heavy garment of suffering. And I feel like oftentimes we have an unhealthy relationship with suffering. Because God going to turn it around in three days. And, and if you sow this seed, it'll happen by Monday. And I've seen those things happen. I've spoke those things myself. And people come back and testify, it happened just like you said. And those things do happen. But oftentimes, those things happen to stimulate our faith. But hear me. And some of y'all, we can have a discussion about it later. Because I know what I'm going to say could be a little problematic. But... All of us maybe got a spin on it, okay? (sighs) Miracles draw us, and miracles have their place. But miracles draw us so we can live in principles. Now, all of us want to live in the miraculous. Hear me. All of us want to live in the miraculous. In everything I am, I'm living in the miraculous. I'm living in the supernatural. But at some point, you got to shift from miracles to principles. Oh my. Because God wants to make you a holy template. And the miracle is not something you can control. But the principle is something you can walk out that will work every time. I wish I had a help here. And because of that, this is how we have a church culture. That's locked into adolescence. They've been in church for 30 years. But they won't give. Unless a promise is connected to it. They won't shout. Unless it's about a turnaround. But we. Who walk this thing out with God. You can say I'm suffering. But I still praise you. You didn't give it to me. And I still bless you. Don't you slay me. I need you to look at the people in your church and tell them, grow up in God. We got to grow up in God. After you have suffered, if you reign with him, you got to first suffer with him. And that's favor. Favor does not keep you from suffering. Favor keeps you in suffering. Because if it was that easy, everybody could do it. But the mere fact that you haven't lost your mind in the 
this last season oh, somebody shout favor it's favor they keep calling you strong you're so strong I'm not that strong it's Jesus been keeping me my mind has tried to slip away from me you can't do this and not affect you psychologically scream at somebody tell them it's favor it's not my degree it's not my money I don't have a reference point where I am somebody shout favor When God's favor is on you, people that got more than what you have will be jealous of you. People who you should be intimidated by, they're intimidated by your presence. You're just trying to be a part and they scared you're going to take over. So favor. And, and Joseph with his favorite self, finds himself in a pit in Dotham. And that was favor. Preachers, you already know this because in the excavation of the grounds of the ancient community that would be labeled Dothan, the place means two whales. Uh, in that region... They needed whales or cistern for their water supply and to be able um, to give water and drink to their flocks. Because in that region, they are herdsmen, even to this day. It's called Dothan, a place of two whales. One has water and one is dry. I lift to you for the 50 of you that would praise him God's favor was showed in your life in the last season because although you got dropped you got dropped in a dry well My God. Ha, they tried to drown you but what should have drowned you you were standing in they sold him out they sold him out He found himself down in Egypt feeling rejected. And, but you know what he did? He says, I just got to serve what's in front of me. Now, this don't look like the dream I had, though. <laughs> See, some of you all are going to miss out on what God promised because you're trying to reserve yourself for the season you saw. Not realizing that although the door is not attractive, that door is connected to the room that God showed you. Ooh, I need you to look at somebody and tell them, pour everything you have into this season. Come on, come on, tell somebody, pour everything you have in this season. I'm talking to somebody who said, God going to call you the pastor. I know I've been called a pastor, but you need to serve and pour everything you got in this season. Come on. And being a youth pastor is not practice for the next. Come on. You got to serve it as though it's the only thing you will ever do. Because when you're not serving it with your whole heart, that has compromised the quality in which you serve. I'm talking about you all that's serving somebody else's in the leadership position. And you talking about what you would do if you were in in the position well do it now and let them get the credit uh oh I said do it now and let them get the honor for it 
Because that exposes your heart. You sit back critiquing and you ain't never built nothing. <laughs> he's serving. He's serving and um, while he's serving, he's being promoted even in captivity. What kind of favor is that? That's favor in an oppressed place. <laughs> you know why he's there of course you already know this part of the story and, and I'll just mention it briefly since we already know it that uh, Potiphar's wife uh, found him attractive and, uh, and he said something very profound I, I think he told her I can't do this because now, he didn't say, I can't do this. <laughs> he says, I can't do this because. See? Many of us want God to remove all of our options. But without options, you don't have an opportunity to choose. Oh, growing up in holiness, I used to pray prayers, Lord. Take all my feelings away. Okay, or maybe this is too much. I'm sorry. I'm tired, y'all. It's the last time. Because y'all ain't, I'm, I'm talking about y'all that really wanted to live right for God. See, some people just start saying that stuff when you get caught. But when you really mean real for God, you pray prayers at other people. I was sorry with nobody knowing about it. Lord, make me do right. So some of y'all just got saved, so you didn't grow up in a sanctified environment. I grew up in a sanctified, holiness environment where there were more things we could not do than we could do. And once I did one thing right, it was always something else I didn't do right. So I was like, Lord, make me do right. Don't give me any options. But God says, if you don't have any options, you don't get to choose. And you choosing in the midst of your options is worship. Ah. See, y'all keep on talking about, come on, y'all. Y'all just want to praise God, but lift your hands and worship. Let me tell you something. Worship is not a slow song and praise a fast song. Wor you, worship is when you have to make decisions against your own flesh and you count God. I said worship is when you make decisions against your own flesh. That's worship. Abraham, lay down your son. He said, all right, we're going up here to worship. It's not worship until it costs you something. And he said, I can't do this. I can, but I can't do it because. He says, I can't do it because we, we all need a reason. We all need a reason to pursue holiness. And it's got to be beyond our church position. Because they won't keep you. Hallelujah. He says, I can't do this, first of all, because the person I'm serving under has been good to me. I can't do this to him. Then this is number two, and this really ministers to me. He says, I can't do it to God. 
Hear me when I say, hear, hear, hear this now. He says, I can't do this to God. Somebody said, what that got to do with it? This is the same God that gave him all these dreams. And then let him get dropped in a pit and sold into slavery. And he hasn't said anything. You haven't been faithful until you've been faithful to God when he's silent. Have you ever had to be faithful in God's silence? When you were in the intertestamental period. Well, the last thing you heard was the son of righteousness is going to rise with healing in his wings. And then you go through 300 years of silence. You heard he's being faithful to a silent God. And the scripture said, he says, I can't do it. So what she does, she accuses him. Accusation. I thought if I had favor with God, hallelujah, God would come. Accusation. Hmm. And this is why many leaders in church, you got to give us grace because we have trauma. I know what you say. I know. Because you coming in and talking about, I just want to serve. I just love you, mother. I love you, first lady. I love you, bishop. Yes. But the last person came here. They said something very similar. That's why I want to say to you pastors, you can't fall out with another pastor because of a transfer. You don't own them folk. Come on. Don't you give them a space to sit at your desk and tell you everything that happened over there. Because they told me in the country, if that dog bring a bone, that dog... And he had to stay faithful to God even in the midst of accusation. Because let me tell you something that will not happen. You will never wrestle with somebody in the mud and come out clean. So one of your hardest assignments while God fight for you will be to hold your peace. <laughs> Hallelujah. We know what happens. He ends up in prison and Experience favor even in prison because he's promoted in a place of captivity. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. I want you to lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell him you're about to make more money than you've ever made in your life. <laughs> captivity and still increasing. Challenges and still signing contracts. Now somebody spoke it there. Somebody need to receive it. I'm about to make more money than I've ever made. I'm not waiting for something to turn. This can happen right now in this season. In the Bible. Scripture says. Uh, Butler and Baker comes down. Uh, uh, one point I'll lift out. How you doing, Apostle? Uh, one thing I'll pull out of this, this visitation, this duration in the prison. Um, yes, they had dreams. But what blew my mind is that they were depressed looking. Because some people can be depressed and not look it. 
Yes. But they looked depressed. And Joseph noticed. <laughs> he noticed. Somebody said, what is that? What's, what's so big about that? If I was Joseph, I would have been so consumed in my own frustration and my own trauma. I wouldn't have been asking him, what's wrong? Y'all good? What's wrong? I wouldn't care. Come on, be honest. Make sure you don't get so consumed in your own grief that you don't notice the people around you. My God. Tell somebody, I know you've been done wrong, but it's different this time. I know you've been stabbed in the back, but it's different. Don't you get so consumed in your head that you're not present in the moment. Because some of us, our overly analytical mind has caused us to miss God moments and divine connections. You can be so much in your head. So for, for example, for real, even in church, people do church, especially Pentecostal church. We do church on autopilot all the time. I'm serious. If you think I'm playing, if you think I'm playing, somebody can be sitting in the service on their phone going like this. because that, that ain't the Bible app. Going through like this. And then you say, everybody lift their hands. Everybody like, yes. Autopilot. And sometimes you doing ministry on autopilot is not diabolical. Some of us sometimes, because of the assignment, we go to happy places in our head just to be able to sustain ourselves in the moment. But I need you to touch three people. Tell them, don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's almost time. Don't you miss it. Don't you miss it. Pull everything into this moment. Push somebody. Tell them, don't you miss it. It's going to be everything God said. But don't miss it. They tell the dreams. When they tell the dreams, Joseph has something that sometimes we're lacking in our generation. And that's prophetic integrity. Every prophetic word cannot be God is going to turn it around. We prophesying houses over people that shacking. At some point, every prophetic word does not need to be connected to a seed offering. God wants us to have prophetic integrity because sometimes the prophecy is not your blessing is coming. Your prophecy is come out of sin. Somebody scream, tell me the truth. Don't make me a millionaire while I'm still in my mess. Tell me the truth that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Tell me the truth. Cry out and stand up. Lift up your voice like a trumpet inside. Tell my people their transgression. Hallelujah. I I want you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and I want you to tell him it didn't feel good when it happened but I'm so glad he snatched me out he exposed me to save me I said he exposed me to save me somebody said why should I shout about that because he only chases those daddy love
grew up with saints that prophesied with their eyes closed. I'm serious. And I'm so glad some of them are still alive. My godmother, 90 years old, and she's still prophesying. She won't, she's, she's never distracted by your gift. Because that's what happened is, we get distracted by people's gifts. And sometimes their gifts is like perfume on top of nicotine. It always seeps through. Y'all not saying nothing. I want you, I need you to tell your neighbor, God was so committed to my process that he didn't let me get away with it. I need a hundred of you all to clap your hands for conviction. Clap your hands. I'll do better when I come to your convention. I'm going to I'm going to finish. Bible says, because he took the time to serve, even in one of the worst seasons of his life, it fixed it. He got there. He got to the place where God showed him. It was incomplete, though. It was incomplete. See, many of us always shout about deliverance. But if your deliverance is only pulling you out of something and never taking you somewhere, then your deliverance is incomplete. That's how some people end up falling back in the place because they stayed in the in-between and never received the total fulfillment. When you order something on Amazon and, and you get the notification, all of us who have Prime, hallelujah, when you get the notification that it has left the warehouse, you don't say, oh wow, I'm so thankful for my package. No, it's not, the delivery is not complete until it gets to your doorstep. I need a hundred people in this room to shout because he's completing your deliverance. Oh! It's almost it's almost time. You know shut up. Tell your neighbor he's completing my deliverance. Uh, he gets there. And, and, and let me expedite this. My time is gone. The Bible says uh, famine comes and when famine comes it hits all of the region to the point his brothers are, are given an assignment by the father to go to Egypt hallelujah go to Egypt because I heard Egypt got food huh. Egypt got bread so you go down to Egypt he goes to Egypt they go to Egypt of course, when they get there, they don't recognize Joseph. Because the last time they saw Joseph, they were looking down on him. But now God has shifted his position. My God, I wish I had. I need you to pull on somebody tell them, the last time they saw you, you may have been down. But tell them, but God is shifting your position. <laughs> I need you to run over to one more person. Tell them God is shifting your position. He's shifting your position in economics. He's shifting your position in education. He's shifting your. So they don't. They don't recognize. They don't. They don't recognize him. He sees them, but they don't see him. And this is where God is putting you now. He's brought you now to a place 
where you don't have to be afraid of serving people because now they're close enough to you to see you but they won't always have proximity to hurt you <laughs> oh my god I need you to look at somebody and tell them it's different this time and, and the bible tells us uh, through a process he fixes it where they have to keep bringing uh, they come back and some of you know he holds some of the, two of them captive L- let me bring you to the text the bible says now he fixed it where they brought the youngest brother Benjamin glory be to God and he says now thank you Lord Jesus get all of them and bring them to my table so we will dine at noon my God hallelujah he says sit them in that room sit them around the table because we're going to dine at noon. You have to realize they've been in Egypt with him. Yeah. They've ate before. Yeah. But tell somebody this is a different table. Oh my. Oh, we be the God. I come to tell somebody they will praise him. He's getting ready to bring you to a new table. Oh. I need you to push somebody and tell them I'm coming to a different table. If you have that revelation, you will praise him for the last rejection letter. Because the last rejection set you up for this table. I'm getting ready to praise here. Because the Bible said, when they looked up, oh, when they looked up, they said, we're all sitting in order. I come to scream at somebody tell them God is putting some things in order somebody shout God is putting some things things are lining up I said things are lining up run over to somebody tell them things are lining up come on prophesy to them tell them it's not falling apart it's falling in place things are I said things are lining up. I feel Ho! Ho! The Bible says, let me expedite chapter 14. He's looking at them. Oh, oh. Hey, hallelujah. Now this is. This may, not, this, this may not be a shout moment. But I need you to look at the person beside you. All the favorite people, look at the person beside you. I want you to ask a favorite person this question. Ask them, ask them, can God trust you with reconciliation? Because if I want to get a good emotional response out of you. I will preach about your haters for about 15 minutes. And I'll tell you about cutting everybody off and, and about God destroying all your enemies. But what happens when God gives you an assignment to reconcile? What 
I want you to go ahead and practice. Lay hands on somebody's shoulder. Tell them they hurt me, but I release it. They did me wrong, but I release it. They lied on me, but I release it. I need you to tell somebody, get it off for you so you can prosper. Get it off for you. Hallelujah. So you can begin to increase. Get it off for you so your oil will flow. Get it off of you so you can have your creativity. Get it off of you. I'll never be bound with somebody walking in the room. If they want to hold it, they're going to have to hold it by themselves. I need you to scream at somebody to tell them, I don't have any enemies. I'm not holding nothing against anybody. Because whatever they did didn't stop what God is doing. You left, come back and visit. Praise the Lord. We still moving. And we still win. And we still win. This is when you know. This is when you know you're in a different place. This is when you know you're in a different place. You can rehearse the story without the pain associated with it. This is when you know you're in a different place. They can walk in the room and you can say, praise the Lord and not be fake. I know sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, but you can't do that all the time. At some point, what's in your heart has to line up with your words. Tell somebody, I release them. You know what? You, when you get a revelation, yeah. you'll stop wishing for it to be different. You'll be able to say it was good for me yeah, yeah, yeah. that I was afflicted. I'm going to tell y'all something. Affliction messed me up. Because I didn't have proper theology. Affliction made me think I wasn't saved. And because I found myself in pits and potiphas and prisons, I said, maybe I didn't hear what I thought I heard. I didn't think favor would look like this. Because see, sometimes favor will make you look like a failure. I didn't like affliction. How in the world? I'm laying hands on other people. They heal. And I'm fighting stuff in my own body. That seems like a contradiction. But then I read a scripture. Bishop Moore that gave me deliverance. It said, many are the afflictions of the righteous tell somebody I must be righteous but the Lord he got them all he got them all in place he got them all in place he got them all in place all of a sudden the Bible says he says to the Egyptians get out of the room get out of the room and then he unveils himself and reveals himself to the brethren. This is my last point. I want you to hear this. 
you're going to get a revelation that your favor was never about you. I told you that the protagonist was Joseph. Maybe so up until this point. Joseph's favor was never about Joseph. Go, go with me here. Go with me here. How you doing? Here, hear me. Egypt has bread because Egypt has Joseph. Joseph's brothers eat the bread of Egypt not knowing that Egypt only has bread because Egypt has Joseph. They don't even know it's Joseph. And it's not until he commands the Egyptians to leave out of the room and then he reveals himself to his brothers. Egypt only has bread because they have Joseph. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. They don't know it's Joseph because they sold him. Hallelujah. But then he puts the Egyptians out of the room and reveals who he is to his brother. I'm going to do it one last time. Y'all ready? Egypt only has bread because of Joseph. They don't recognize Joseph because they sold him for the 30 pieces. I'm sorry. They sold Joseph Oh, mommy, your shot. So they don't recognize him. Glory be to God. They said, why are the Egyptians being so good to us? They got Joseph. But it was when he put the Gentiles out of the room that he revealed himself. There's coming a day, church, where he's going to take us out of the room. And he's going to reveal himself. I need you to lay hands on your neighbor and tell your neighbor, my favor is revealing Jesus. By the time God gets finished, even the Gentiles, even the unbelievers are going to have to acknowledge it was God. By the time God turns this, everybody going to know. Stand on your feet. Everybody will know who's God. The challenge with what I just said is because some of you don't believe in the rapture of the church anymore. So I understand that. Yes. Yes. But I need you to look at somebody, grab them by the hand, and tell them it's almost time. Oh! Oh! You're about to find out what the fight was really about. It's almost time. You got to serve without evidence. You got to dance without proof. But tell somebody, it's almost time. He that will come, shall come, and will not carry. I want you to run over to somebody got favor and tell them God didn't lie to you. It's almost time. Go the vision, carry Wait for it. It's getting ready to speak and it will not lie. I need you to push three people. Tell them, look for it. Look. The invitation has gone out. 
It's almost dinner time. Come over here where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Shrink from the fountain that will never run dry. From the tables of a bountiful supply. Look at your neighbor. Said, oh neighbor, I've gone through the seasons. Said, I've gone through the changes. But it's almost time. It's almost time. Push somebody tell them it's almost time. This is the hour where God is about to fulfill what he told you a long time ago. Push somebody. Said, I don't need a new prophecy. I ain't praying no new prayers. This is a season of answer prayer. You get ready to touch what God said. Get it off of you. The bitterness. Get it off of you. The offense. Get it off of you. Change your garment. It's almost time. Pull on somebody. Tell them I'm going to dinner. Stay here if you want to. I'm going to dinner. I refuse to be stuck. I hear Zion. Zion is calling me. There's a pool in my spirit that's telling me this time it's going to be different. Get to seven people and tell them it's almost time. Don't quit here. Don't stop here. It's almost time. If you can just go through one more challenge, it's almost time. Some of you have been serving. Some of you have been giving. But the Bible declares, be not weary in well-doing. In due season, in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. I looked at the Pauline epistle. I saw the vernacular of a southern man when Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be, shall be revealed. Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and say, neighbor, for everything you went through, God is going to make it up. God is going to turn it up. Oh, surely, surely, surely. Watch what I take. Watch what I take. This is, this is what I felt strongly in my spirit. Now, when I said we don't need any new prophecies, when I said we don't have to pray any new prayers, because everything in me is telling me for a strong remnant in this church tonight. You're getting ready to come into a season of answered prayer. I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to respond in faith. If your faith is small, 
just respond with a small response. But if you still got faith, hey, I want to ask you, how would you respond if some things you had been believing God for, it dropped on you about December the 13th? The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, Seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.